Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Nicole Housen, owner of AIM Social Media in lovely Windsor, Ontario. As an experienced award-winning social media strategist and consultant, Nicole's work is focused on reducing her clients' advertising spend while growing their brand awareness and increasing their sales leads. Nicole is the oldest of four. She was born and raised on a Canadian dairy and cash crop farm. She's since found the two loves of her life, coffee, and entrepreneurship, having started her first company at 16. And in her spare time, Nicole dedicates herself to mental health advocacy work. So thanks so much and welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. What we'd like to do right off the top is uh, ask our guests what the messages are that they hope will come out most clearly on this 30, 35 minute uh, discussion. And that'll help us remind us that we have to say those things. Uh, so, so we'll keep on brand and we'll make sure we're creating value for our listeners. So what are the top piece of advice you want entrepreneurs to take away from this? Uh, so Rome isn't built in a day. And I, I think that's a pretty common saying, but I think it's really important as entrepreneurs, um, we get in this mindset that uh, we're going to, be able to do everything really quickly and business is going to be really great when in actual fact it actually takes a lot of time and consistency to be successful um, and one of the other things that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is this hustle mentality uh, that isn't really sustainable building a business uh, that's sustain sustainable and scalable is more important than working 20 hours a day and not getting very far because you're you're run down and you have to uh, take that time to kind of 
continue to be successful. Interesting. Hustle isn't sustainable. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. You are a, 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 a social media strategist and consultant. Um, is this what you always wanted to do? And how did you get into it? You know what? I actually, I had no intention of being anything in social media. I actually didn't join social media until I was 18. um, And I started my business um, a a few years later after that. um, So I was kind of a social media newbie, if I'm being honest. Um, But I guess it has the the advantages. My teenage years are not documented on social media. So all the stupid (laughs) stuff that I did, nobody has to know about. Um, 20 years from now, you'd be the only person your age allowed to run for office. There we go. Perfect. See, uh, there, there was a method to my madness, but um, I never really intended to uh, to start in social media. It kind of just happened. Um, I had taken a really cool social media marketing course uh, in college and I loved it. And so I was waiting for a school semester to start and I needed a job I could do kind of part time and do uh, on my own. And I knew that I loved having the control to make my own hours and um, and kind of have that freedom to do what I wanted to do. And so I thought I'd give it a try and see what happens. And sure enough, it, it kind of stuck. Now, you're, you're working out of Windsor, Ontario. Who are, who are your clientele? Is it local or can you work with anyone nationally or even internationally? You know, my very first client was actually in the UK and uh, the US. They had sister companies. Um, so I kind of started uh, internationally and uh, they do have local clients, but a lot of them are uh, either from the US or the UK. That's the way to do it. Start internationally. Start global from day one. That's uh, that's fantastic. Where did that first client come from? Uh, I put an ad out on Kijiji of all places. Not necessarily how I would recommend starting a business. Uh, it worked once and it never worked again. But uh, I put the ad out and I landed my first client three weeks later. I think of Kijiji as a place where I buy and sell stuff, but you put an ad for social media marketing I did. on Kijiji and it worked and it never worked again. I love it. <laughs> it was the worst ad you've ever seen. It was pink and gray and it had a selfie of me. I don't, I guess the client found me very personable. And so that's why they hired me. Um, the ad never worked again. It's, I think it's gone forever. Uh, I think it deleted it and hopefully nobody will ever find it again. But uh, it worked for, for what I needed it to at the time. Right. You, you, you talk about sales leads as, I guess, your basic deliverable. And who could argue with that? I think everyone on the podcast would like more sales leads. Um, how do you do it? What, what is the connection between social media and sales leads? Yeah, so social media is really great and building relationships is really important and it's a main uh, factor in social media. Um, But if you don't have a way to take those relationships on social media and turn them into clients, then it's kind of pointless. So we kind of sit down with clients and figure out how are we going to get people from social media into their business. And sometimes it's as simple as getting them to book a call right away. But a lot of times it takes a little bit more nurturing and introducing email marketing or uh, some sort of way of giving enough value to transfer them into uh, becoming a client. And what what was it that captured your interest in social media? I mean, a lot of us have tried blogging and Twitter and Facebook and the the gram and, uh, you know, may not necessarily be seeing any move the dial results. Uh, What possibilities do you see in social media? 
I think it's really, there's so many possibilities to it. Um, I love working with brands and businesses that are really just trying to get their message out there. Um, and social media is a great way of doing that. One of the things I say all the time is that um, you're on social media, whether you want to be or not, it's just whether or not you're joining the conversation. So every business and brand can really benefit from social media in some way. So tell us your favorite client success story. How did you help someone break through and get those sales leads? I so I I don't know what my biggest one would be. One of my favorites though was working with a musician and getting to really know her brand. I was able to write emails for her and I went to her launch party and somebody was like, Oh my gosh, I love your emails. And uh, she's like, Oh thanks, Nicole wrote them. I was like, Oh no, you're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> but it was but really, thanks. Yeah, exactly. It was really great to hear that I had really captured her brand. Uh, we did live streams at her concert and uh, as well as well as her social media content. Um, but instead of touring, she kind of did her her tour online and it was really a really great experience. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. Is that a Canadian artist? She is, yeah. Can we name her or not? Yeah, sure. Her name's Francine Honey. She's actually from Leamington, Ontario. Cool. Country? Country um, Western sounds like Leamington. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, she's a little bit a little bit of everything. She has some rock songs out there, too. So Fantastic. Um, so so what, 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 what constitutes a good client for you? What's your target market? So businesses and brands, like I said, that are trying to make a difference, even the musician, she had some underlying, this is the messaging I want to get out there. Really wanting to make a difference is really important to me. Um, I'll work with just about just about anybody, not everybody, but um, the ones that are trying to make a difference in some way, that's really important to me. And it's uh, definitely a big factor into who I'm working with. All right. So can you give me a snapshot of the business now? Um, does it have uh, employees or is it just you? Do you have associates and where do you want to take the company? Yeah. So I actually, I take on interns. Um, that way I can work with people who either they're looking for uh, experience in, in social media in some way. And so I work with interns from the local college, um, but I take on interns that are wanting to start their own social media business. So I know when I started, I did not have the experience that I needed. Um, I lucked out with the client that I got and I was able to learn along the way, but a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And so giving them the opportunity to work and, and kind of have ways to build up their portfolio before they try to land clients is really great. They can learn in a safe environment and then kind of start their business on the right foot. And where do you see a, a AIM social media going? Is it going to be a, a global brand? Do you, what you want to build it up with uh, employees and offices in, in 12 countries, things like that? Uh, so all of my team works from home. I did have an office for a little while, but it really didn't make sense to have uh, because social media can be done anywhere. So I I would love to have a team. I don't know that we need offices for the most part um, because everybody can work from home and things like Skype and Zoom make it possible to have team meetings. Um, but to definitely to see it scale and, and be able to work with more clients in different countries and that sort of thing sounds really exciting. Right. And since you're the lead generator, how do you promote yourself? How do you generate leads? Because you're telling me that Kijiji ads don't work anymore. So <laughs> what's, what's working for you? So lots of visibility is really, really important. Um, so I do have sales funnels in place and lead magnets and email nurturing and, and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but 
being visible on social media, one of the best compliments I can get is, oh, I see you everywhere. And I'm like, yes, that means I'm doing something right. <laughs> um, but LinkedIn is really important to me as well. Um, being able to build relationships with other business owners and CEOs and that sort of thing. There's so much potential there. You said something about mail magnets. Can you correct me and also tell me what that is? Yeah, lead magnets. Lead magnets. So it's something. Okay. It's something you can give away for free in exchange for an email address. Most people don't want to sign up for a newsletter. If you're like, hey, sign up for my newsletter and I'm going to send you my sales opportunities. Nobody nobody cares. Nobody wants that in their email. They're not signing up for junk mail on purpose. But if you, if you give them some sort of value in some way, so a case study or a free resource of some sort, free training, people are more likely to sign up for that and you can grow your email list and then nurture those emails. So when I send out emails, they're not your typical newsletter where it's just a bunch of here's what we did this month or here's our sales or opportunities, but it's more building that relationship, asking questions, encouraging people to reply back and um, provide lots of value upfront. So that way when it comes time for them to hire, it's a no brainer who they're going to go to because they built this relationship with you. Right. I would think one of the problems with social media is that, as I mentioned earlier, we've all had a bit of experience with it. And so we think we already know whether it works or not. So how, how do you convince people that, I, yeah, pay me some money and I can make these channels work for you? Yeah, so it's sometimes it means sending a case study to say, hey, look, this is what I've done for other people, um, and it works. Sometimes it's just kind of breaking down whatever uh, whatever roadblocks they're facing or whatever challenges uh, they think are in the way of their success, and really explaining that. A lot of people don't know that social media will work at all. And so that's where me saying, you're on social media, whether you like it or not, <laughs> it's just whether or not you're joining the conversation um, can really be an eye opener um, for people because they want to be part of that conversation. They want uh, they want people to know their side of the brand and they want to put a good foot out there. In your opinion, and you may have a, a, a certain subjective bias in this, but I'll ask you the question anyway. Can entrepreneurs do their own social media or is it something that they should be definitely uh, contracting out to the people who are expert in it? Ooh, so I'm a little bit biased because I want everybody to hire somebody. But in actual fact, you can definitely do your own social media to an extent. Uh, once you get too busy, it's really hard to be consistent. Um, so you can definitely do it yourself. You just have to make sure that you have the time to commit to it and you're doing a really good job um, to make sure that you're putting that best foot out, out there. So what is the way you think someone uh, starting out in business today, because this is Startup Canada, um, what are the first steps? Because maybe they can't afford you yet and their goal now is going to be to be able to call you up and hire you for a six-month spell. Um, but in the meantime, they have to get started. They have to pick a lane, they have to pick a brand, they have to pick a channel. How would you suggest they get started in social media? Yeah, so really defining who your target audience is, uh, who you want to be working with, and then you can figure out what platforms work the best. As a startup, um, it's it's really exciting to say, hey, I'm on every social media platform. The real reality of it is, is that you might not have the time to commit to doing every social media platform. So picking one or two that you can be really good at is the best way to start and then commit to doing that. And then being consistent in it, whether uh, you look at your frequency, how much content can I actually realistically put out there? If I can't post every day of the month, then maybe I'm going to do three times a week and I'm going to be consistent with that because it'd be better to put 
content out three times a week um, consistently than doing one month every day and not posting again for two months. Right. Let's say that, and, and I agree with you, I think that trying to do too many platforms is just a license to burn out and then lose interest totally. So let's say that you're going to choose a platform. Looking at some of the, the, the major platforms, what would each of them be good for? What's an example of someone who should f- focus on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or someone else that, that you're familiar with that, that, that has power? Yeah, so if you're a brand that has lots of photo and video content, um, then Instagram would be really great, especially if you're building a brand that's more of a creative brand or um, lifestyle is another really good one that you can do on LinkedIn. Uh, If you're a business professional, Twitter and LinkedIn can be really beneficial. so it really depends too on your demographic of age. Um, younger demographics are on Instagram and, and TikTok, whereas older demographics are on LinkedIn and Facebook. And that's not to say that you can't find people that are in the younger demographic on Facebook and, and LinkedIn, uh, but the majority of people are on Instagram and TikTok. Right. So TikTok is still a fairly recent phenomenon, I think, in, in North America. Um, how do you get started? That 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 is short videos right how, how does how does a business person use tiktok yeah so really kind of looking at the trends what's out there what's working for other people uh that's where looking at hashtags um related to your industry is really great to see what other content is already out there and then t- putting your own spin on it so uh whenever i see a trend of people um doing some sort of sometimes it's a weird dance or sometimes it's a voiceover of something um if you can put your own spin on it and apply it to your business in some way it's great um i've done little videos uh where i share kind of the behind the scenes of what it's like to be an entrepreneur or business owner or social media manager um and then using the hashtags to get in front of the people that are actually interested in that content is going to really help you grow your brand you mentioned uh Looking at hashtags in your industry to find out what kind of uh, content is being positioned there. For those who might not really get how that works, can you explain hashtags and how really smart marketers use them? Yeah, absolutely. So a hashtag is a way of categorizing content. Um, So putting hashtags in your content that is related to your content is going to help other people find it. Um, So you can follow hashtags or look up hashtags. So if I'm looking for content on business owners or looking for people who might be entrepreneurs, I would look up uh, hashtags like entrepreneur or business owner or uh, work from home uh, moms, if that's somebody I want to work with. And so uh, looking up those hashtags is going to help. And so um, any any content you put out there, you can categorize with a hashtag. You just have to look at what would be uh, the best hashtag to use. Right. And earlier as well, you mentioned uh, case studies. Just wondering if you have any case studies that really show the power of social media, what happens when you get it right. Yeah, yeah. So I ha- I definitely have a few case studies. Uh, one of my favorites is on email marketing. And so we were able to grow a email list by 85% in less than three months, completely organically. So no paid ads. And we were able to uh, keep a really great open rate as well um, while growing that list. So how'd you do that? Come on, share some of that secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the lead magnets is really important, releasing a, re- a lead magnet that makes the most sense 
to the people you're trying to attract. So it's really great to have any old lead magnet. Uh, you'll grow your list, but if you're not attracting the right people, then that email nurturing process isn't going to be the best. So finding a lead magnet that provides value to your target audience. Um, and then we use a five-day email sequence. It's not my my strategy. I got it from Russell Brunson. It's in his book, .com Secrets. Um, and so he outlines the five days and what you should write in each day. And it kind of walks them through this story where they, uh, you introduce yourself to them and they build like this personal connection with you. And then by day five, they just, they want to know everything about what you're doing. And so when you say, Hey, I have this training that you can sign up for, or you can book a call here, people want to, and they don't feel like they're being sold to, um, they, because they've went through this journey with you. Interesting. And, uh, can you give us an example? What what works today in terms of lead magnets? Obviously, they're different for every business or industry or target market. But what are a couple examples of lead magnets that are working these days? Yeah. So, like you said, it is really depending on the different industries and that sort of thing. Um, checklists are really great. Um, depending on the industry, video training can be really a great way of attracting people, especially if you're in an industry like a service-based industry where you can educate people on that. Um, the best lead magnets that that work are the ones that are providing a lot of value. You can't over-provide value in a lead magnet, um, despite what people might think. Um, some of the the best trainings that I've, I've been on or I guess some of the worst trainings I've been on is the ones where they talk for 20 minutes about who they are and then they give you like five minutes of value and then the rest of it's a sales pitch. And you're like, why did I waste all my time on this? But the the lead magnets that are providing a ton of value um, and then they put some sort of pitch at the end, you're more likely to, um, to go to that next step in the sales funnel because they provided so much value. Right. And what's what's the role of, of the lead magnet? This is after you've come up with a strategy, I guess, and figured out what it is what it is we are doing, who we're trying to appeal to, and uh, and 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 uh, how we're going to follow up and and convert these people into paying customers. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes a lead magnet, um, you can drop them right into a, a call to action to book a call. Um, sometimes it's a little bit more nurturing where you provide the lead magnet and then you you give them some extra training. Um, and then you start with a low offer, uh, not something that's going to cost a couple hundred dollars, but maybe like $19, $20 around there. Um, and then you can kind of upsell them at that point to the next step. Right. Is your business built around serving people and doing the con creating the content and creating the strategies for them or is it built around giving them the tools that they need to go off and do this themselves honestly i do both um because i like working with people in general and one of the things that i found was not everybody can afford uh to hire somebody to do it all um so i have tons of free resources that i give out um or i have low offers um i do cons a lot of consulting with entrepreneurs and business owners that are just starting out and they need somebody to sit down and say here's the strategy you're going to use um here's what you need to do to to get started in the right direction so that way down the road you can hire somebody to take it on full time. Free resources. What kind <laughs> of free, what kind of free resources are you offering and where can we find them? 
Yeah, so we have a social media boot camp. It's a Facebook group, and so I drop a challenge every week in there um, talking about uh, something in social media, some way that you can apply social media to or increase your social media presence of some sort. And then we do video training as well, a lot of that. Uh, we do free webinars every once in a while, um, but YouTube is a really great resource. We know that. Um, so we put out training once a week on there too, whether it's about content creation or email marketing or sales funnels or um, what the best uh, way that we found to create content is to find out what people are struggling with. So we ask regularly, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to social media marketing? And then people list whatever their challenges and then we make resources based off of that. So one of the biggest challenges that people have is content creation. So we have tons of videos on how to create content and the best ways to create a strategy for that, what types of content to put out there and how to be successful with the content that you're putting out. Very cool. So where do we find this? Uh, you say you're on YouTube and on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. And, and what do we search for on each of these platforms in order to get these resources? Uh, so if you search AIM Social Media Marketing, um, the on YouTube, our channel will come up there. Um, and then in each of our videos, we have like a call to action uh, with the free resource that uh, that you can you can claim. So a lead magnet, essentially. Um, and then Social Media Bootcamp is on Facebook. Or if you type in our website and then uh, backslash bootcamp, it'll come up as well. Very cool. Uh, you mentioned that you're creating tons of content about how to create content, which I think is terrific. Um, what the, tell me so I know what to expect when I get there? What are that some of the processes or hacks that organizations are using to create video content? Because it, in some ways, it's easy, but in most ways, it's hard. Uh, and you don't want to waste people's time or do it badly. So what are, what are some of these uh, tips that you offer people to create content on a consistent basis? Yeah, so one of the things people get kind of caught up on is I don't have the resources to do um, or the, the resources to create content that's really high quality. Um, and honestly, if you have an iPhone or if you have a phone that has decent video quality, then you can create video content. Um, so we create... Uh, we create Facebook Lives and we'll actually take that Facebook Live and download it and then upload it onto YouTube. So now you have two pieces of content or we'll do a Facebook Live and we'll, we'll upload it to IGTV um, and and reuse contents across the board. Um, same with LinkedIn. I'll take a video that I've recorded, whether I've recorded it specifically for YouTube or I've done a Facebook Live and then I'll upload that to LinkedIn so people can view it there as well. What is this Facebook Live you speak of? What does it mean to do a Facebook Live? Is that just a video where you're talking to people or uh, is it something more complex? Yeah, so you just, you go live on Facebook essentially. So you have the ability for people to leave comments and, and talk to you while you're doing it. Uh, so engaging with your audience. It's a really great way to get in front of people for two reasons. So the first is that uh, when you go live on Facebook, anybody who's uh, followed your page will get a notification saying that you've gone live. Um, and people, as much as video is really great, a lot of people see a video and think, oh, you know what, I'll watch that later. And then they never come back and actually watch it. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Whereas if you're doing a live Facebook live, then people are going to be like, oh my gosh, they're live right now. I can actually ask them a question. And they're more likely to watch the video because it's real-time marketing and people can relate to that a lot better um, than a video that's been pre-recorded and then just posted. 
But before I have that audience that actually wants to watch me on Facebook Live, um, I have to have done a lot of work to create that that awareness and that expectation, that demand. Um, so it's a, kitchen, a chicken and egg situation, I guess. But how do you create content when you know there's nobody watching? And how long does how long does it take? What do you have to do to 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 start to uh, accumulate that audience? Yeah. So one of the things I like to do is uh, once you've created your Facebook page, you want to make sure you're putting content out there. So that way nobody's going to follow a page that has no content. Uh, so as much as it, it sucks that people aren't going to see it right away because you don't have anybody following you, you do need to have a presence there. Um, and then one of the the tricks that I like to do is optimizing a Facebook profile um, so you have your Facebook page listed there so that way they can find it easily and then engage in Facebook groups, provide lots of value in there so people are more likely to check out your profile and find your Facebook page. Um, and then directing people to your Facebook page, um, depending on how you do it, you can invite people to like your page on Facebook. Um, I'm very cautious about that and telling people that uh, because it's really easy to spam everybody with your Facebook page and be like, like my Facebook page. Um, but if you're inviting the right kind of people in your target audience to like the page, then you can grow your page that way as well. Once you uh, start doing this, then you have the you, you get to a new level, but at the same time, you're still ha you still have to stand out among all the other noise on social media, uh, your competitors, and just all the other stuff that's going on every every day. So, once we've figured out a plan, a strategy, a plan, a branding, and and their social media channels, how do we stand out? Yeah, so the people that stand out are the ones that are leading with lots of value, so high quality or high value content. Um, so what that looks like is providing. Um, giving them something to take away from it. And so they're called the three E's. So there's engagement, entertainment, or education. And so providing some sort of value in, in some way, whether it's content that's really shareable. So people, they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with uh, my friends or they have to share it on the profile. If you're educating people on your service or something related to your industry in some way, uh, that can be a really great way of doing it as well. Um, or just simply engaging with your audience, asking questions. Uh, because the way that the algorithm works is when people are commenting, um, you're when they comment on your post, more people will see that post. So you want to get people engaging and commenting and reacting so that way their friends see your content. So the three E's, was that engagement, education, and entertainment? Yes. Okay. I've learned something today. And do I have to do all three of those, or are you saying I just try and do one of those really well? You know what? The best is when you can combine the three or do the three over the course of time. Um you can just do one of these things, and I've definitely seen it done, um, but having a combination of the three is a really great way of uh, put, producing the best content. And what does engage, I understand what education and entertainment are, um, but in this sense, what does engagement mean? And am I trying to create something interactive right away, or am I, what does it mean? Yeah, so asking some sort of question. I see this every once in a while. Somebody started it and says, Brussels sprouts, yes or no? And it gets lots of engagement. It has nothing to do with anything. Um, but you can do this really related to your industry as well. Um, so 
you can talk about what, like I mentioned earlier, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to social media marketing? It's a great way for me to ask a question, get people engaged, and then I can answer those questions or drop resources in the comments for people that are related to those uh, to those struggles. So looking at what industry you're in and then asking questions that are related to it. If you sell shampoo with no chemicals, you can educate them on that, but you can do engagement as well where you're asking what are, uh, what hair type do you have or um, what is your least favorite thing about store-bought and shampoo or <laughs> uh, I'm just pulling these off the top of my head, but you can ask questions in some way that are going to get people to engage with you. There's a lot of information out there about social media and I think a lot of disinformation. Are you seeing any things that habits and advice people are getting that you think is wrong? Because I think there's a lot of that type of advice out there. Yeah. So um, putting out content, um, one of the things that people get caught up in is that I have to I have to post every day. Um, so that can be one of the things that it, it's not necessarily true. It is really great to do, um, but definitely not not uh, required. Um, yeah. So that, I guess that would be one of the biggest ones. Or thinking that you have to have really high quality content or nobody's going to view it. Sometimes the best content is the content that it's relatable. So high polished ads seem to work in the past, but you're seeing a lot more uh, ads where people are putting out uh, content that isn't, it isn't perfect. Perfect. It's got blemishes or it's got stretch marks or um, people can relate to real. So um, keeping that in mind as well. And that's really interesting. The idea that it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, if you're consistent and if you're engaging, then your audience will probably forgive you a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. You talked about an aspiration to get to the point where you're posting every single day on social media. And uh, I'm wondering, is that an aspirational goal for a lot of people? And is it something to aim for when you're just starting out or do you do it over time as you're learning and growing and seeing what works it is definitely something that people aspire to do and they think they have to do uh, but it is definitely something that you can work your way up to so picking one to two platforms and then committing to posting one to three times a week and getting started in that first uh, will be it's it's more than enough uh, when you're getting started Right. Is there a way to hack this system? I mean, we see WestJet uh, once a year at Christmas time, they do some heart tugging video where they give away massive amounts of value to some randomly selected passengers on a certain flight. Um, we, we, we see these, the, the odd little YouTube or Facebook video that goes viral, such as the kid who's sort of talking in his sleep while, while sitting in his car seat. Um, people um, trying to pull off some, some, some gymnastic move or dance move and it doesn't work and it goes viral and suddenly they have 50 million views. Is there any way to hack this and, 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 and to really get that kind of attention consciously and deliberately or does that only happen when bizarre and predictable things happen. For sure. There's definitely ways that you can uh, force virality in some way. Uh, but a lot of times it does just happen. 
so putting out content, going back to those three E's is going to be a great way to kind of start that, especially if it's entertaining. That's one of the easiest ones to kind of put out there. Or if it's inspirational, motivational in some way, it's a great way to get your content trending or, or to go viral. Okay, we're coming to the end of our time, but I'm just wondering if you can, looking back on the journey that you've been in social media over the last few years, what is it that you wished you knew then? What's something you know now that you wish you knew then? Numbers do not equal sales. So one of the things I thought I had to have was 10,000 followers, whereas it would be better to have 500 raving fans than 10,000 inactive uh, followers. Having a really engaged audience is going to be the best way uh, in building relationships with people. It's not It's not all about just pushing out content um, or putting out your what sales you have going on, but building relationships with people is going to be a really great way to get to the point where they're going to sell. There's a window company uh, locally and they engaged with mine and all of my local clients content regularly and, and not just posting uh, comments like with emojis or like a basic comment, but actually joining the conversation. I don't need new windows in my home, but when I do, I know exactly who I'm going to because I built this relationship with them. I felt like I was friends with them. I have no idea who was behind the account, um, but they did a really great job and they built those relationships with me. So focus on that versus putting out your just your your sales or what you have going on is going to be a really great way of growing that so in some ways what I'm hearing from you is is that social media is more about consistent participation than brilliant creative absolutely yeah putting out putting out really good content uh, that's building those relationships, it really comes down to relationships. I, I think I've said that many, many times in this podcast, but uh, building those relationships is going to be the best way to get the best results. Right. Now, at what point, how, how do you actually transition from the social media relationship to a commercial relationship? Is there, is it important that, that part of the campaign includes some sort of an offer um, or is it understood that at some point you're going to get a phone number and call these people? Or is it just the working up to sort of an email list? So one of the things I found was uh, putting out, if you're providing value, when it comes time for you to post about something. So I had a masterclass that I released um, and it was it was a paid masterclass and I put that out there and somebody emailed me and they said, you know what, this was a no brainer. I signed up right away. I saw it on your Facebook page because you've given me so much value before. I know exactly what I'm signing up for. I, I don't know the content, but I know that I'm going to get the value because I've seen this in the past. Um, so by building those relationships, when it comes time for you to put something out there, more people are more likely to buy from you or, or book you uh, for a call, even on social media as as much as uh, email marketing is really great too, and it's definitely another way to do that, um, you can do it right on social media as well. Right. So I'm not sure we, uh, just as we, we close her out here, I'm not sure we lived up to our billing of letting people know that hustle isn't sustainable. So what did you mean by that? So I guess one of the the things that I found when I first started out was I thought I had to work 20-hour days. I thought I had to put out content every single day on every single platform and 
it, it's just not realistic to, to do everything is not possible uh, to grow a business, to put out content every single day, to be doing everything isn't really sustainable, but building systems, creating a clear strategy uh, that you can, you can fall back on creating uh, content plans and sitting down and saying, okay, on this week I'm going to talk about this. And on Mondays I do a Monday motivational post. And on Wednesdays I do a Facebook live breaking that all down and having a system in place is going to save you so much time. And then sitting down and bulking content is another really great way of saving that time and, and kind of time blocking, um, to put that out. But I guess the biggest, the biggest thing I see is people trying to do everything and then they burn out. So they stop and they don't do anything. Okay, what I'm taking away from this great conversation that we've had is that social media is something that individual entrepreneurs and, and those without vast resources, something that they, they can deal with, but you have to know your brand, you have to know your audience, you have to uh, pick a platform and you have to stick with it. You have to come up with a strategy and stick with it and obviously learn from it and test it and, uh, and change it up if you have to. But that if you can be uh, credible and consistent, and we haven't used this word, but I guess authentic is implicit in everything that we've said about here, then you can start making an impact. Absolutely. Perfect. If I were to ask you for one final actionable piece of advice that entrepreneurs could take away from this podcast and put into action immediately, what would that insight, tip, or piece of advice be? Yeah, so find the platform that makes the most sense for your audience, create a plan, and then sit down, create all the content, and be consistent. So consistency can be the frequency of how often you're posting, what time you're posting, the quality you're posting, or even the the voice you're using. And a really good example is Wendy's. They do on Twitter, they roast people all the time as part of their brand. Um, where if a brand that was constantly pro putting out wholesome content and it was very uplifting and all of a sudden they roasted somebody, it's completely off track of what they normally would do and it's going to come across the wrong way. It's not going to help their brand. So being consistent overall is going to be really important. Perfect. Okay, Nicole House and AIM Social Media in Windsor, Ontario. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I've learned a lot today. I hope our, our, our listeners have too. And uh, we will see you. On, I'm, I'm, I'm now following you on Twitter. So we will stay in touch and, uh, and, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll keep getting better and better at social media. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. Rick Spence.